0: This episode of No Small Thing is about curiosity. Curiosity is a word that we're all familiar with. In that way, it's a lot like the word love. It's a word we hear used frequently in daily conversation, but it gets used so much we forget how big and important it actually is. We at No Small Thing believe that we are living in a time where society is experiencing a curiosity deficit. This has a toxic impact on our relationships and a debilitating effect on our personal energy, Lack of curiosity infuses politics and civil discourse with profound dysfunction that prevents us from working together. When people aren't curious, ingenuity and creativity inevitably stagnates, and that's a very bad thing. On the other hand, being curious imbues interactions with a playful spirit of collaboration and wonder. It sparks new ideas and innovations. It helps people see the best in each other and causes us to see reality in a fuller, more expansive way. In short... Curiosity fixes big problems and fills our lives with healthy and necessary feelings of joy and fulfillment. It animates us to discover and share and grow. In our tagline, we say that we exist to help our audience live a less cynical and more curious life. We want to be people that invite you into conversations that have triggered our curiosity, and we hope it does the same for you. When your curiosity is triggered, it means you leave an episode of No Small Thing Wanting More. In that sense... These topics and conversations are not necessarily meant to give answers, although that may happen sometimes, but more designed to start a conversation that carries out into our listeners' lives. The episode you're about to listen to happens to be about curiosity. Since curiosity is so important to us, and since this is the first episode of our second year of podcasting, we thought this was the perfect time to deep dive this topic. We hope this helps you get to know a little bit more about what we're about and what we value as a podcast. But we also hope this motivates you to be a little bit more curious this week. Welcome to No Small Thing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less cynical, and more curious life. I am Scott.
1: And I am Macy. Welcome to episode number 51.
0: 51. This. And last week I cut you off <laughs> preemptively and I didn't let you do a drum roll.
1: Well, I don't think this one is a drum roll. Maybe Ooh, a little... How do we know? A little snap. An owl snap.: Welcome to episode on curiosity. It's in our tagline. It's in our little motto. We're trying to be curious.
0: We're trying to be curious.
1: So it's only inevitable that we do an episode on what the heck even is curiosity. What is
0: curiosity? Why is it important? What what? Why is it part of who we are?
1: Yeah. why do we care about being curious?
0: I do think it's a bit of like a mission statement for us.
1: Yes.
2: You
0: know, it's part of our identity, and it's not just about being curious or modeling out curiosity, but it's about helping others be curious, if we can.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it... I think it's trying to like encourage ourselves but then also encourage others on the way to listen to their curiosity, allow space for their curiosity, lean into it, yeah. all of the above. And we we are trying to do the same. So.
0: Yeah, cuz I think we've said this but I think maybe we kind of skew cynical and I don't even know <laughs> if those are two opposites.
1: I don't know. I don't think that they are opposites. But, but they are.
0: If you're feeling cynical, maybe uh maybe one antidote is to get curious.
1: Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, you would say the anti like the opposite of cynical would be optimistic, which yeah. curiosity and optimism True. aren't the same thing. True. But I do agree that being cynical has its place and it's. A wonderful thing in a lot of ways, and yet it also, I don't think, can be the ruling ideology.
0: I think Enneagram 4s and 5s, and maybe 6s, honestly, probably would be the most cynical on the Enneagram. Yeah. Anybody else? Maybe 8s something Maybe 1s. yeah.
1: Although ones maybe have to be optimistic. Yeah, ones are like, come
0: on, we can fix this. Let's keep going. We can solve this.
1: The thing is, I have a hard time saying, forests, I do think, are very cynical, but I also think forests can go through like waves of also being like shockingly optimistic.
0: Yeah, that's you. I'm more like low grade cynical. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I can be like very cynical or very optimistic, Mm -hmm. one or the other. But curiosity. Also,
0: side note, I don't know how this is going to turn out. But we're, we're recording on my back deck tonight, which is outdoors, and there's birds chirping. There's an airplane going on overhead. We're by a train yard, so you might hear some train sounds. You might hear a little bit more background noise, but... I can't see why that would be a problem.
1: I know. I think some people don't like it's those like kinds of things. It's like you're here with us
0: outside on the back deck.
1: Yeah, but we invite you into that. Maybe you're hu- like curious studio. about the sounds <laughs> you're hearing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I almost thought about, because we have speakers out here, I almost thought about having background music while we talk. Like we're really oh. truly having a hangout time.
1: That would be fascinating. and yeah. yeah. be fun. Yeah. Hmm. Something to think about.
0: Yeah, we're not like in a studio. We're not in an enclosed space with really quiet walls and soft, foamy, you know, walls. We're, we're, in, we're on a back deck.
1: <laughs> were you curious so. about the exact scene we're in? We
0: I think, I think professional picture. podcasters really are in like a, you know, a studio, an enclosed <laughs> yeah, we, room. You know, we're not doing it. <laughs> they might be. I wouldn't mind doing it. We don't have that.
1: No, we don't. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't want to do that.
0: So should we go over like a...
1: A quick outline? An out, um,
0: outline of what we're going to talk uh, we'll about.
1: We'll be discussing. Yeah. Okay.
0: You want me to go over and... Mm-hmm.
1: You You've got it. Scott did the show notes this
0: week. I, I did the show notes this week. Maybe because I felt like I was hosting because it's <laughs> at my house. Um, okay. So the first thing we're going to talk about uh, when we come back from our break <laughs> <laughs> is uh, why why this topic and why is it important to know small thing? And yeah. we've talked about this before. I think when we did our um, the art of podcasting, mm-hmm. but we're getting more and more... Um, comfortable or maybe more and more confident or, I don't know, familiar. Something about the the idea of curiosity is becoming more essential, Mm -hmm. essential and central. Um, Then we're going to talk about this idea of curiosity, and this is something I've learned this week as we've been preparing. Mm -hmm. Curiosity as a taboo.
2: Mm, Yes.
0: And I think, first of all, it, 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 uh, this is this is an enneagram thought, really quick, but it's been something I've been thinking about on my enneagram journey. And someday we'll do. Um, it's it's variants, right? Sub mm-hmm. subtypes or variants.
1: I think both could. Okay,
0: so there's social, self-prez, and sexual. So, in theory, people have a stacking, <laughs> and mine would be sexual, self-prez, and then what would be called socially blind. So I I I'm not I'm not the most socially awkward person. Like if, if I walk in a room, I can be awkward. Yeah. But um, it is taking a lot of effort for me not to be awkward.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: If
0: I was just acting how I naturally felt, I would be awkward. But I'm working really hard not to be awkward.
1: You're really playing the part. Yeah.
0: And um, to be socially blind means my attention just is not on the social norms and what everybody's doing and thinking and saying and trying to pick up on the cues. I really have to be like, Bring my attention aggressively back to that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I think I've noticed this week when I when I say it, when we say in our tagline, "Helping you live a le- more curious, less cynical, more curious life," I'm all I'm thinking it's a blatantly good thing, right? Uh, we might as well say it, a more kind life, a more loving life. It's a blatant curiosity is great, but I noticed that where I've learned that curiosity is really threatening to people,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the curiosity is really. Um, strange to people
1: yeah well and we'll talk about this but curiosity brings up
0: that's a new thought to me a
1: lot of unknowns yeah like curiosity doesn't it is mysterious and it requires you not knowing and like admitting you don't know and people i think are threatened by that because it's like you don't know what the curiosity is going to lead to
0: yeah and we're already kind of getting into it but i think another way i would say it is curiosity for many people seems to imply some sort of like experimentation yeah and that seems risky yeah and maybe there is experimentation but uh that's not necessarily how we're meaning it i'm more meaning it mostly with the mind but of (laughs) course i'd encourage people to be i guess a seven would be curious about experiences i'm yeah that's a a brand new thought just now i've been
1: thinking about this idea and i'll probably we get into this, but the idea of being curious about each person, like mm. just being curious in a oh, room, yeah. watching people and like practicing active curiosity, mm-hmm. sitting at like a bus stop or mm-hmm. sitting, doing something that is a very, I think, helpful, good practice of just like personally, person to person. I think it, it's very grounding. It feels healthy. Yeah. It feels like it's helping you to love and see other people when we're, we have a curious posture.
0: I think the Enneagram has done that because I think a lot Mm, of times... True, I agree. Before Enneagram or before any of these things, Myers-Briggs, Strength Finders, even... (laughs) I try so hard not to sound pretentious, but... I think sometimes I almost just did it. I almost said a really pretentious sentence. I said, <laughs> "Even st- I can be judgmental sometimes." That's <laughs> so pretentious. Uh, no, but I think I think typically we're say, we have subconsciously subconsciously we're like this is what a an ideal human looks like.
2: Yeah, and
0: we're 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 looking at people being like in the back of our minds processing whether or not they fit our mold of what an ideal human is like they're not mm-hmm. funny enough they're not yep. open-minded enough they're not extroverted enough and it's like approaching people with curiosity is like well let
1: me get to know different. you different and me and I, like be yeah. curious about who you are and you and
0: can be you can have different motives than me different ways of enjoying yourself and i shouldn't be like wow everybody should listen to rap music like me and if you don't you're really missing out and, and to just be curious about somebody saying well i, sh- I really just don't like rap music mm-hmm. and i've got a not just deal with it, but celebrate it and be curious, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds obvious when you say it, but we're not really good at it, actually. <laughs> OK, so we have, why this topic? Why is it important to know small thing? That's the first part. Um, and again, uh, you can skip through some of these things. So as <laughs> I'm telling you, pay attention, because maybe one of these things might sound more important. The next one will be curiosity as a taboo. Does that mm-hmm. sound more interesting? Skip ahead. Uh, Then we have Curiosity Will Save the World. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Which is a little bit of a throwback to our two episodes ago. Beauty Will Save the
0: World. I I ordered a book this week by a guy named Ian Leslie. It's called Curious. It's sort of the most recommended book on curiosity out there, and it is really great. So I highly recommend it. Ian Leslie. I'll post about it. Um, But it doesn't have Curiosity Will Save the World in the title, but he's essentially saying... It will yeah. <laughs> save the world. Yeah. So we'll we'll riff we'll on that. We'll unpack a bit. this. Um, and then this is one of the things I'm really excited about is how does and it's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to do, research this. Are
1: we gonna do a rumination before
0: this? Oh yeah, we'll have a rumination in here too. Yeah. The, the, we'll stop right there for a rubination. and we got we're gonna try to keep this to 90 minutes, tonight. So we gotta <laughs> we'll fly see, through we'll this see. stuff. <laughs> um, I want to know how curiosity works. And I think this will be part one of many episodes on curiosity. So this won't be the definitive guide to how curiosity works. But if you're a person who listens to this podcast sometimes and is like, uh, "I need more than just a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me some juice," you know, and that's what I'm looking for is like so a few, a few quick tips. Well, maybe it won't be quick, but there'll <laughs> be some nice tips on how curiosity works, how to cultivate it, um, how it happens. Mm-hmm. I already have some stuff from this book that I'm, oh, e- I'm eager excited. to share. I'm
1: eager to hear. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So that's it. Do you have anything to say anything more? No,
1: <laughs> I just think I'm going to have a lot of trouble not wanting to keep saying I'm curious. I'm as curious. A joke. I'm
0: curious. Oh, yeah, I'm curious. Say it. Maybe that will be a great uh, <laughs> a little, little meme for the episode.
1: <laughs> keep being like, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious, yeah.
0: Okay. okay. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, what what curiosity means to our podcast. Later. We're going to talk about why curiosity is important to us. Yeah. In, in, uh, personally and as a podcast, mm-hmm. wh- what, what are we doing? Why is it sort of in our mission statement? Why is it important to us? What, why do we want it to be important to you all listening?
1: Should I answer this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I was thinking the biggest thing is when we think of our ta- our name, we're mm-hmm. no small thing. Mm-hmm. The the premise, You came up with that, by the way. The premise of this podcast is that Everything, like nothing is too little to be explored. Nothing mm-hmm. is too little for a conversation.
0: I mean, the, the placeholder for the episode, or, and it was really interesting because I actually read this phrase in this Curious book this week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The idea was everything is interesting.
1: Everything is and interesting. And that just was not
0: a catchy podcast phrase or a I title. I think it's
1: somewhat catchy, but it's not as catchy as No Small Thing. No Link.
0: Small Thing is much better. It has a nice ring to it. The moment I heard it, I, I liked it. So I had no questions.
1: I think that as we were leaning into this, like, name and this idea, it became clear that if we really are going to do a different topic every week and just let ourselves be freeform about a random myriad of topics, like, the way we, the lens in which we could approach that is curiosity. Yeah. Like, that feels yeah. like the, the most open-ended and natural way to allow for space for us to explore so many things. Yep. And it's been... A
0: helicopters going by.
1: It's been a, like a beautiful experience mm-hmm. allowing ourselves to, to take that lens of curiosity with every little thing. Like yes. there's no small thing that implies that everything has more to be discovered
0: about it. Yes. I resonate with everything you just said. And Good. you always say it <laughs> so well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know part of the dynamic of the podcast is like our conversation, but sometimes you're saying something and I'm like, that's the th- right thing to say, <laughs> just as you said it. <laughs> well,
1: it's not really a right thing to say. I think curiosity, oh, curiosity is, I also think a beautiful practice in helping us to not live in the black and white, mm. but to live in the gray Ooh. because curiosity in itself is more approaching something, <laughs> wondering about it, yeah. wondering out loud about it and to wonder is to not know yet. Mm-hmm. It's to to be in that space of seeing something, experiencing something and not fully understanding and allowing yourself to not fully understand and then you embark on a fun mission of figuring it out. But it, but curiosity is also a, like I do think it is
0: embarking in that space. on a fun mission of <laughs> figuring it out. I like that. It could be another title for a podcast. <laughs> Have you listened to that podcast embarking on a fun mission to figure it out? <laughs> what? <laughs> it could be an acronym. <laughs> an acronym. I don't know what that is.
1: I do think there's like a feeling or like a space when you're in a curious mindset.
0: Oh yeah, we're gonna get to that. Ooh, yes. Feeling? A f- big feeling, <laughs> an important feeling. Yeah, I mean what they said it was a, it's essentially the the curiosity feeling
1: mm-hmm.
2: is
0: the same and exclusively the only thing that matches up with the feeling of being in love.
1: That makes sense Ooh, to me. Cuz it's the same it, chemical. It's it feels similar to this idea like you like here in love of like falling into something and it's an unknown you're stepping out. Being curious is that same space of stepping out and falling into something and not not knowing what lies ahead. We've got lots of planes. It's, in it's helicopters It's a sunny day here.
0: in Seattle, so I think people get really pumped and they're like we're going out in our boat, we're going out in our plane. We're going, we're going out in
1: our plane. Yeah.
0: <laughs> people have planes. You
1: out there with your planes.
0: Um Man, yeah, that is really well said. I think I think maybe I'll, maybe that's for us personally because I resonate with everything you just said. And I would say now when I'm pushing it back out to the audience is um, someday I, it would be really fun to do an episode on Strength Finders because mm-hmm. that kind of syncs up with Enneagram mm-hmm. to a certain extent. And um, everybody, I encourage you to go check out Strength Finders. <laughs> it's just another tool. I think it's meant to help businesses utilize their the talents of their staff and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's an approach to your like what you're naturally good at and it's trying to point out your things that you bring to mm-hmm. the workplace mm-hmm. and celebrate your strengths and create teams that work towards people's strengths not their weaknesses.
0: Yeah, so I'm an Enneagram 5. And then my strengths are—it's. It'd be interesting if you thought you were an Enneagram Five, and then your strengths. It
1: was like woo.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, don't don't point to point to that. So if anybody knows Strength Finders, I'll tell you my top five. It's ideation, intellect,ion input, connectedness, and empathy. <laughs> I have one humanizing. Yeah, element. empathy
1: is the strange one. I think one. that's
0: the sexual five element. You know,
1: Ooh, it's just I a more
0: emotional, a little bit more human. Sorry, <laughs> fives. We tend to be a little inhuman sometimes. Um, and I remember, so if, if you do Strength fully, Finders. fully,
1: that is your full human experience yeah. is being, quote unquote, inhuman.
0: Yeah. What yeah. does that say? <laughs> so it, it, when you do Strength Finders and you read about your strengths, they'll give you sort of like career advice. And for all of these things, for my top four, essentially, it's all in this thinking category.
2: Hmm. Uh,
0: connectedness means somebody that, kind of connects the dots. I have that one too. Yeah. Yeah, That's what we do. (laughs) And, uh, and all the advice are like, try to, try to find a career where you're essentially using your passion for research to help others. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is it, but this is dabbling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, everybody, if you've listened to this podcast, I am a youth pastor, which I have loved and I do love. Um, but I'm not really paid to do that. I, I, I do get a, a part where I'm you know getting paid to research scripture and teach that and i love the kids that we work with but there's an itch that i have another element of this like curiosity itch where i long to and i think that's what this podcast has done for me as a hobby almost like Mm -hmm. everybody i we don't i don't have a hobby of like golf or hiking my this is this is essentially my hobby (laughs) like how do you use your spare time i don't know Maybe you listen to podcasts, but if you're the type that is like, oh, I go one week on weekend hikes, I don't. I edit the podcast, I read, <laughs> <laughs> I, I sit, <laughs> I work out, I go on runs, but running even is a very solo thing. I would never <laughs> do CrossFit. Every time somebody tries to get me to do CrossFit, they're like, oh, it's really fun. You get a little community. You do these wads and you come in and you get your friends and you, I'm like, no, 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 no.
1: Yeah. See, there's an appeal to that
0: for yeah. me. But yeah, no, no. No, no
1: for you. Social four. Social for yeah. I'm out there.
0: So all that to say, um I like this idea of our vocation in terms of this podcast, or our mm-hmm. calling, or
2: mm-hmm.
0: is helping. it is is part of it? Is we research this week? Mm-hmm. We've researched curiosity. Maybe maybe the maybe the more down the line that we go, we'll have more time even to research.
1: Yeah,
2: because
0: that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Part of it is like the prep for the episode is. A lot of fun researching.
1: Oh, so much fun yeah. research. Yeah. We get to deep dive.
0: <laughs> and then our role in your lives being maybe you're enjoying the conversation. Maybe it's just a lighthearted thing you listen to while you're on a walk. But maybe also you get a little bit of information. Of course, I know that there's podcasts out there like Radiolab and Invisibilia that are like the kings and queens of podcasting. <laughs> and it's like we'd never try to replace that. Um or even compete in that realm. But, like, I do think there's something interesting about a casual conversation.
1: Yeah, a casual conversation. I I also would like to just name and say that this is our, quote-unquote, maybe birthday episode, mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. celebrating a year of doing this podcast, which has also been essentially, for the two of us, been a year in committing to once a week having a curious conversation. I can't
0: believe we've done it. It's amazing. <laughs>
1: it's weird for us. but
0: I've, I've never... In terms of strength finders, I'm not. I don't have consistency, (laughs) and we've been consistent. Holy smokes!
1: Shocked by this, yeah. Um, But I do think that it has been. I've seen the like health benefits in terms of my worldview and the way I experience the world by actively seeking out being curious by taking a subject once a week and not knowing as that much about it, and then curiously figure following the information oh, what yeah. is there to be discovered yeah. and doing that i think yes that putting that into practice <laughs> allows us to approach the world with like more open hands
0: it's like you're preaching and i'm in the audience like <laughs> yes amen <laughs> yes i really
1: am here for curiosity i also feel so wildly lucky that i work at a preschool that it's like through line is curiosity. Mm. We wonder out loud with children. We're curious about mm. what they're curious about. I work with children every day who are naturally drawn towards curiosity. They're asking questions about everything because everything is new and a new experience. And It's
0: no small thing.
1: It's no small thing. <laughs> the more questions we ask, the more we allow ourselves to have space to ask things and question things and be curious. The it's like we're inevitably learning and growing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Pe- being afraid of it feels so silly.
0: Yeah, I know, I know, I know, especially just from in the headspace element to it, but um yeah, I I I think what you said brought up another idea of this of this thing of even if you're not tracking totally with the podcast or you're not like fully on the journey. Maybe you listen to an episode or two. Maybe this is the first episode you've listened to, but that we, we haven't got to this part yet. But that that's not necessarily part of what's being tonight uh, advised in terms of how to cultivate curiosity. But I do like oh. this idea of what we have done through the podcast, and it seems like it could be a lifestyle decision, regardless of if you have a podcast or not. Is choosing a topic to delve into mm-hmm. and seeing where it goes. Like, I mean, without the podcast, I've I've been a person who has sort of been. I am saying this very hyperbolically. Like, force-fed theology. Like, mm-hmm. theology has been the thing that's like, read this, read this, read this. I've had to choose to read literary folks, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it would be interesting if part of someone's lifestyle was like, this month I am going to study curiosity, and I've ordered six books. Yeah, and I am and I am learning about that now. Next week it will be. Or next month it will be this. And yeah. I order six books on that. I mean, six is an arbitrary number, but some, for some reason I said that number.
1: <laughs> I do think it's something that we need to have routine to practice it. Mm-hmm. I think we, it's not something that we, of course, naturally are curious, but I, it also can be cultivated that we approach things more curiously. Mm-hmm. I think we can; it can be diminished and we can live in the world not curiously. Yes. And so I think it's it's wise for us to seek out ways in which we can be practicing curiosity.
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
1: So whatever it looks like for you, that's this is kind of what it looks like for us. I feel very lucky. I've learned so many weird, random things. Yeah, me you too. You know, like,
0: and, and last more week we discovered
1: the Enneagram had roots in a cult. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, last week was wild. <laughs> that was wild. true
1: curiosity. It got we wild. On a wild journey. But it was... It was our curiosity that led us to figure out all of these crazy mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. So fun. Yeah, and,
0: I, and, 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 and so here, here's another thing in terms of strengths and Enneagram and all that stuff is like our natural state, our natural habitat in some ways, and this is why in many ways we're kindred spirits, is this deep diving. Yeah. Curiosity, yeah. you know, and, and to a certain extent, it's a strength, it's a gift, it's natural, that comes natural. I don't have to be like, if anything, to a certain extent, sometimes – I need to be less curious because
1: like sometimes back. It,
0: it derails me from being productive and engaging in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm so enamored and focused on learning or deep diving something. I've for- completely forgotten something important I'm supposed to do. That's true. <laughs> so I imagine there's people out there that could teach us all sorts of things on the, based on their natural giftedness, their natural state of being, whether it's like somebody can teach us how to be more efficient, responsible, somebody
1: can t- be responsible, productive.
0: strategic, Athletic. I mean, the thing that just they find to be naturally, um,
1: what they bring forward.
0: What they bring forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um. See, so people. uh, I told you earlier there was some helicopters. There's some planes, and now there's a train. Big old train going down there. I don't know how much that will be picked up. Yeah, I don't know. It probably just sounds like some white noise in the background, but.
1: Anything else to be said about this little segment?
0: I, I just want to emphasize: we're talking about curiosity. There's going to be some more rich content, I think, coming at you in this episode. But I'm just saying, for our sake, I do think it's a, uh, I do think we have a sense of, a, like, a service that we're offering.
1: Yeah, I think curiosity it's is the
0: core of the service we're offering.
1: Yeah, like I, I'm naturally a wanderer, mm-hmm. and. I know not all people are and yeah. I think yeah this is where we can draw from one another and pull from one another and see like this is how it serves you and I also need to learn from like caution yeah. like I'm not very cautionary Ooh, so like point. I so would needs a
0: little moderation, I little need balance. some people
1: to tell me like, to yang. be cautious Yeah.
0: so wow. oh Macy watch it hey <laughs> you,
1: could, you could hurt yourself in this yellow
0: tape <laughs> caution huh. what I'm going right through here no 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh
2: god!
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah i mean i one of the exercises of my wife marissa she does this stuff called liminal space training and uh one of the questions they ask to get you thinking about who you want to be is if you o- accidentally overheard someone talking about you in a bookstore or a coffee shop or just out in the world and they were talking about you what would you want them to say and of course well maybe it's not of course but I would love it if somebody was like, I listened to Scott's podcast and he helped me be more curious. I'd be like, oh, that makes me so happy. That's I'm so nice glad thing. I did that.
1: That's a nice thing.
0: There's other things I can't help anybody do. I can't, I can't help people be more productive or more efficient or keep a calendar or just go out in the world. <laughs> I don't know. That's not my forte. <laughs> but I've got some other fortes.
1: <laughs> We're out here, everybody. I, I mean,
0: we did an episode on sleep and I'm still not doing well at sleep.
1: I know. Yikes. I know.
0: I'm still kind of back on the blue light addiction. Me too. I
1: I am fully <laughs> back on the blue light addiction. We need to go back to it. Goodness.
0: Okay. I know. I could tell there okay. used there was a time for a season where Macy was like. I got to go to bed, blue light. Now, <laughs> now I can tell Macy will like text me at like 1230 and be like, did you see this? I'm like, Oh, <laughs> she's not running from the blue light tonight. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> it's
1: true. I stopped running. <laughs> I need to run from it. Okay. Okay. We should end this. I thing. don't know if we're keeping <laughs> this, this, this
0: at wild. 90 minutes. Tonight. Okay. Next is coming up with curiosity taboo. Why is it a taboo? Do you guys know? Maybe you know more about that than us. I'm we have a blind blindness <laughs> to it. Okay. Coming up. <laughs> Okay, so this book, uh, Ian Leslie, called Curious, I recommend it. I mean, this is, is, again, part of the practice has been, oh, (laughs) this is a quick side note. Nothing's really a side note, but I say that. (laughs) But um, I ran a marathon once. I'd love to run a marathon again, but I would go on these long runs, obviously, to train. And and since I've done the marathon, that was in 2015, so that was four years ago. um, Now I still do long runs. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were like, why are you doing that? And it it was nice in the when when I was training for the marathon to say, oh, I'm training for a marathon, Had an and it just made it just got people off your back. They weren't like, well, you don't need to do a long run. It's like, well, I want to, and I can still say I do say that now. I just have to say I want to. I like it, and it's been interesting to be like, well, why are you reading this book? And I'm like, I have to for my podcast.
1: <laughs> oh no, I have to.
2: <laughs> I,
0: I have to spend hours <laughs> reading this book on curiosity. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, I have, we had this book this week. I had this book this week. And it starts with this story, which it doesn't matter who this is, because I'm not going to get into the whole story. But it's essentially this um, very successful TV producer in Britain who had like a midlife crisis, essentially around my age. And at this time, he had won more BAFTAs than anybody aside from Dame Judi Dench. Okay. And so he's, he's literally my age at this time. So he's like 38, 39. And wakes up one morning and thinks and has this realization, like epiphany, he doesn't know anything. Uh-oh. Like, he doesn't know anything. And I loved, so this is just a fun little thing. This is this is not really the content, but this just really resonated with me maybe as a five and just my personality. Uh, it says, Lloyd decided to deal with his depression with the same determination with which he had set about persuading the BBC to recommission a failed sitcom set in medieval England called Black Adder. So if you know Black Adder, apparently it was really famous. I didn't. And then he sa- "It says he has skewed some of the popular strategies for coping with male midlife crisis. He didn't go into therapy, buy a sports car, or leave his wife. Instead, he took time off work, went on long walks, and drank whiskey." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the funny part. But then, it, then of course, what it says is he also started to read.
1: He also started so to that, read.
0: That sets him on. This is the intro, and it sets up office on this journey of this guy who really started benefiting from learning. But this is the part I really want to read to Macy and then have a little conversation about this. Uh, This is about the taboo of curiosity. And this, to me, was a revelation this week. And I'd already been experiencing this a little bit. When people talk to me about the podcast sometimes, they'll say, hey, we know you're curious, but... And I'm like, wait, what do you mean, but? I thought curiosity, this is my social blind spot. And I've been learning. So I'm not here to say, like, oh, they're wrong. And curiosity is just blatantly always good. Um, it's not. It's a quality. I don't think it always yeah, is. Yeah, of course. Of course it can get you in trouble. But I guess so I, I, I haven't been thinking about that. I've, I've been thinking about like, this is obviously blatantly good. So this is interesting. It says, our oldest stories about curiosity are warnings. Adam and Eve and the apple of knowledge, Icarus yeah. and the sun, Pandora's box. Early Christian theologians railed against curiosity. St. Augustine claimed that God fashioned hell for the inquisitive. Holy oh, moly. That
1: is interesting. I know.
0: Even humanist a philosopher Erasmus suggested that curiosity was greed by a different name. Oh. Listen to the now taboos. That's,
1: that's an interesting sentence. Yeah, we right have there. this in
0: our DNA, I think. For most of western history, it has been regarded as at best a distraction, at worst a poison.
1: A distraction?
0: Coercive to the soul and to society. Wait, who says this? This is the guy writing the book.
1: Oh, he's claiming these things.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't
1: think it always has been by all people. Like,
0: always has been by all people. <laughs> no, amazing. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think generally speaking, this is how curiosity has been. I mean, I do Perceived. remember, and, and there's more to this, but I do remember um, years ago hearing the story of Socrates, and probably a lot of people are familiar with that. But um, and now my dog is barking in the background. Goodness, <laughs> I mean, so Socrates was essentially forced to drink poison, I think, if the story goes right, because of his curiosity. And this is what Reuven, our friend Reuven, says to me often. Reuven will say, I want to be a thorn in your side. Mm-hmm. That's what Socrates said to yeah. uh, the council that was wanting to do away with him. So there's Reuven right there, our Socrates. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think in general it's been a... So do j- you want to say something? Then I'll keep reading.
1: Well, I was going to say, like, in, especially in terms of... like. Authoritarian governments or people in power, positions mm-hmm. of power, having a curious working to class into something? curious masses is not good for them because it will expose the authoritarian regime or the structures, the power structures. Yeah. So it's, it, for certain people who want to maintain the power, allowing people to be curious threatens that because curiosity is very powerful. And leads to so much.
0: Yeah, you said it better than the book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so he says, there's a reason for this. Curiosity is unruly. It doesn't like rules. Or at least it assumes that all rules are provincial, Mm -hmm. subject to the laceration of a smart question nobody has yet thought to ask. Yes. It disdains the approved pathways, preferring diversions, unplanned excursions, impulsive left turns. In short, curiosity is deviant. Pursuing it is liable to bring you into conflict with authority at some point, Mm -hmm. as everyone from Galileo to Charles Darwin to Steve Jobs could have attested. A society that values order above all else will seek to suppress curiosity. Hmm. But a society that believes in progress, innovation, and creativity will cultivate it, recognizing that the inquiring minds of its people constitute its most valuable asset. Yes. Ho, In medieval Europe, the inquiring mind, especially if it inquired too closely into the edicts of church or state, was stigmatized. Hmm. During Hmm. the Renaissance and Reformation, received wisdoms began to be interrogated. And by the time of the Enlightenment, European society started to see that their future lay with the curious and encouraged probing questions rather than stamping on them. Hmm. The result was the biggest explosion of new ideas and scientific advances in history. Then they go on to say that we're in this thing that they call the great stagnation. Right now? Yeah. Like nothing big has happened. Hmm. Um, no big questions have been asked or solved. And like in
1: terms of like...
0: Well, you want me to read this?
1: Yeah. yeah it says, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, the great unlocking of curiosity translated into a cascade of prosperity for the nations that precipitated it. Today, we cannot know for sure if we are in the middle of this golden period or at the end of it, huh. but we are at the very least in a lull. With the important exception of the internet, the innovations that catapulted Western societies ahead of the global pack are thin on the ground.
1: There's a lot there. There's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack.
0: So maybe go back to the stigma. I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about, the taboo of curiosity. I mean, what does that do for you when you hear that? How does it make you feel?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, it definitely makes me feel annoyed and like you can't control me vibes, Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. like this idea of of wanting to suppress that because I do experience my curiosity as a delightful thing. Yeah. I do think that speaking Natural. about the feeling of it is very important because like okay, I was being curious last night mm-hmm. and watching lots of random YouTube videos. I put the blue light. Um,
0: <laughs> my friend the blue light. <laughs> Come into the house blue light, I summon you. <laughs> Help me be curious. <laughs> So I'm on
1: the internet and I'm watching these videos about curiosity, but I'm also really trying to practice the idea of being curious. So I start like going into rabbit trails of different things. And I, a really fun thing to
0: do sometimes.
1: Yes. Very fun. Mm -hmm. I, of course, end up, and I sent this to Scott on a cult Ted talk Mm -hmm. about a person who grew up in a cult and
0: starts off lighthearted and then hits you in the face with some sadness and tragedy.
1: (laughs) Really tragic. But, The biggest, my biggest experience, like, watching it, the thing that stood out to me the most was as this person who grew up in the cult was explaining she had done, like, really well in school and Mm -hmm. was being inquisitive and being curious Mm -hmm. and in front of her whole family was, like, told, like, yelled at and, like, told that they would not allow people like that in this, like, society that she was, like, a threat and it was, like, totally embarrassing and totally just, like, full diminishment of that feeling mm. and mm. It, it feels like such a sad loss like this childhood childish energy childlike energy of innocent wondering wholesome yeah this beautiful thing that gets squashed for the sake of control power rules mm-hmm. having it yeah i don't know it gets me worked up because i think that when you take away people's curiosity or you try and suppress people's curiosity. I mean, that's like, like extreme. Like that's very oppressive.
0: It's not good for anybody.
1: It's not good for anybody. Although it we will, lose out, we lose out. Mostly the the working class and the masses lose out. Mm-hmm. I think people in power are trying to suppress curiosity because they are they They're fear. Benefiting. Yeah, they benefit from suppressing it. I think. I mean, <laughs> maybe not actually, but they at least have they have a perception. Mm-hmm. Of benefiting. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, man, that yeah. curiosity is so good <laughs> and so natural. And and it's like, I mean, this goes back to our age and wisdom stuff. But, um, I mean, uh, maybe I'll say this as a tease, but but it's just naturally coming up, so I'll go with it. But later, I was going to talk about this idea of pointing. Mm-hmm. This fits here. I'm talking about sort of the mechanics of curiosity. This is one of the things they said this week, and I know this will resonate with you. <laughs> but they were talking about babies. Babies. <laughs> babies and pointing babies naturally point okay and it's because they want to know about something yeah and and man i learned i've learned so many things as a parent where i'm like man i wish i would have known this because i had no idea how i handled this um but you know the standard thing a parent will do is like a baby will point and typically the parent will say they want that item so no, you can't, or yes, you can. So it's like, okay, the baby learns. If they point, they get the item, or it's, it mm-hmm. has to do. But, but the natural thing the baby's trying to do is, is what I think I got out of this book, is seeing what the pointing will do. And mm-hmm. if the pointing invokes a playful explanation and an exploration the curiosity will be cultivated. Yeah. So, oh, you want to know about this? This is a phone. Mm, interesting. Look, black. It's soft. And that, and the baby will learn every time that points, something will happen. Cur- yeah. Questions will get answered. But the saddest thing is, um, this got me like literally teary-eyed because somebody said, um, you know, oftentimes the baby will point and nothing happens. You don't get that. No, stop. No, stop. You know, nothing. Yeah. And they said, the person interviewing was like, "What happens when that happens?" And the, it's like the baby stops pointing. It's like, "Oh, that's so sad." It <laughs> the is baby scary. stops pointing. <laughs> I mean, it's like the ultimate meta condition of society. Nope.
1: Yeah. I've learned
0: to stop pointing. I don't point anymore. Don't ask.
1: Yeah, it's it's fascinating. This is like at work. I really, I have to really work hard to cultivate this kind of spirit. When kids are asking a thousand billion things, and
0: what's that? What's that? Why?
1: It's it's like instead of just giving <laughs> us direct answer, it's well, let's think about it and like trying to explain things in a curious way that allows for space for them to come to some of their, of their own conclusions, mm. which I think curiosity also implies that it's somewhat somewhat self led and that you are following your own path to figuring something out.
0: You know, I mean, um, oh. <laughs> this is bringing up so many thoughts for me. It's I mean, I the, the fancy word, I think, for like a method of teaching is pedagogy.
1: That's what we do. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: yeah. And so I don't want to Pedag- get too Pedagogical.
1: Fancy.
0: Curiosity, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, it's really interesting. I think, I think the very baseline perception of teaching is that I have some information I'm going to tell you. Yeah. But I, I think I've been learning that a more evolved way of approaching education is... Co-learners.
1: I, yeah, I mean, evolved is a fascinating evolved, word. Evolved, I don't know. But th- the curriculum that I use is that way. Reggio, like, reggio, approach. It is seeing the child as having just as much to offer and being an agent of their own learning and learning alongside them, observing them, reflecting upon that, and then following their curiosity. So providing them opportunities to lean into the things that they are naturally curious about.
0: Oh, there's just something that sounds so I- blatantly <laughs> good and right about all that to me. But I think yeah. it does take this, you, you can't be arrogant. You can't no. you can't come at it thinking, I'm here to teach these kids this specific thing. If they don't get this, I failed. It's like, um, it, 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 essentially, you're sort of holding the space.
1: Yeah, I I'm mean, you have expectations, yeah. of course. You can't
0: punch that kid. <laughs> we're not going to be curious about why you did that.
1: <laughs> I think we would be curious about why oh, you could be curious, but
0: also, you can't do it.
1: <laughs> right. But we would maybe, talk maybe, about why, hey why guys, do you think you shouldn't punch this kid? Maybe, how did that maybe feel for you to be? Punched? Colin
0: taught us an important thing today. Maybe it's good to punch people. Should we, what do you guys think? Oh, we would
1: have that kind of conversation. So <laughs>
0: oh, I know, no, I know, but it wouldn't, you wouldn't accept, you know, you wouldn't accept the kids deciding that, yes, it's good to punch each other and draw blood and,
1: I guess accept is an interesting word i don't I don't think we're not, like oh, I don't know
0: now we're we're on the outer limits we're on the, the outer limits. I think you'd listen I would hope
1: to allow space to listen to that and yeah, absolutely and give it some air, of course, your role is also to provide guidance, but
0: i I imagine nine times I' have ten to if they if they really thought about it, they would not advocate for. A society and a culture of punching in the face. I also work with four year olds. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, so I don't know if anybody knew that, but <laughs> curiosity is a bit of a taboo, I think. And maybe we're trying to destigmatize it a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think I'd
0: want to err on the side of less fear around curiosity. Yeah. Maybe and we should be cautious. I've
1: but. been thinking about it because I do think there's a reason to be somewhat at least cautious of its power. Like curiosity, if I'm naturally curious about something, I might find some things out that I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't know that because you then have to experience the world with this new knowledge and way of seeing. When you're curious, you're learning, you're exploring, it's helping you to change your perspectives and see things in a new lens. And I think there is something somewhat scary about that because you have to live in the world a little differently when you discover things.
0: That's, that's, yes. I, yeah. Yep. Yep. So
1: I do think that there is, there's probably some hesitation and fear in it because you don't know where it's going to lead you. You yeah. might discover some weird, dark things, but it's yeah. true. The world has dark.
0: The world has dark things. Things
1: that need to be explored and talked about and learned about.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we probably need to be done with this taboo <laughs> section, but man, that really brings up some stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I Can't mean, aren't we obligated it. in a certain way to hear about the dark things? I think
1: we are obligated. Yeah. I f- I feel obligated. I do too. And I think it's important I don't even I'm, know I'm what it cr- means to be a citizen or to be a person in this world and in society, but I do think if you're trying to make this world a little bit better with your little light inside of you, being curious
2: hmm.
1: is a part of that. Hmm. And curious about the light and curious about the dark and curious about the little things and about the mundane daily things and curious about the big things, the existential wild things.
0: Yeah. I I mean, in my five brain, Enneagram five is what I mean, everybody. Um, I want to, I want to say in my mind, curiosity of the mind seems to, seems to come as a minimal risk, but maybe that's my blind spot. I'm like, there's no risk in sitting around and learning anything.
1: I think there's some risk involved.
0: Yeah, probably. I'm missing it. I'm missing that. I think that. there's a
1: lot of risk in potentially your worldview being shattered.
0: If yeah, you get too know.
1: curious about something that you've for a long time not been curious about or only seeing it from one side and you decide to open up and be curious from a different angle, it it has the potential to shake you.
0: Oh, right. But I'm looking at that as a good thing.
1: Yeah, I see it sometimes as good. I also sometimes experience it as scary. Hmm. Hmm. I think it can be scary, the yeah. unknown. It's an unknown space. All
0: right. Exciting, so So let's scary, hold the two things in mysterious. tension, everybody, as we leave this section of the episode. Yeah. It, it's a taboo, but we're, we're trying to not have it be mu- as much of a taboo. It's, it's generally, I think we're saying it's generally a good thing. Oh, yeah. I think it's be a beautiful thing about.
1: to be cultivated.
0: Yeah, we need to cultivate our curiosity.
1: I, I don't even know if you have to be cautious about it, but I, I'm trying to name and explain why it, there is... A fear. Yeah, there's fear yeah. in quote-unquote reason. Like, you can justify being cautious.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I can understand why somebody would be cautious. Huh. Yeah, I mean, both you and I have, and looking back, I mean, we have no idea. I mean, Macy, Macy's much younger than me, but like... Um, I, I didn't Relatively. I, I didn't yeah I didn't have the language and tools and thoughts necessarily when I was your age I was I was a little bit more naive and it could have been because of the internet I don't know I mean I did have <laughs> the internet but it wasn't as sophisticated well like Google came out when I was about your age yeah you know? that's so.
1: true I have access to a lot yeah. of random information yeah
0: I didn't I definitely didn't Too have much. Instagram or anything like that not that that teaches us a ton but um, all that to say. I I just found my na- myself naturally going to dark places. And um it was a little scary and disturbing at times but ultimately really liberating I think. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so but I wasn't. I wasn't like, "What's happening? What am I doing?" I was kind of like, "Uh oh, uh oh, whoops!" But this is kind of fun, and I'm not really talking about it because I think it scares people. But uh
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, maybe another challenge to people who are out there practicing curiosity is to talk about it mm-hmm. and share in it and.
0: Bring it Incur- to the light.
1: Yeah, bring it to the light. Talk about the beauty of it.
0: When, when, when I say this, everybody's like, what the heck is he talking about? Here's just one example. It's, it's it's probably not as bad as your imagination would let you think. But there was a long time where I was, like, sort of obsessed which, with watching Christians and atheists debate, <laughs> you know. And I've said that, I think, before. But um, I, I just became very aware that I think most of the time atheists won the debate. <laughs> And I think maybe some people will be like, you shouldn't watch those. That's not really stimulating to your faith. But I think ultimately I found that it encouraged my faith or made my faith stronger sometimes because I was like, I would respond differently to this atheist. Yeah. Like these are bad responses, <laughs> you know, like it's not about what this, this Christian is, is saying.
1: This doesn't feel that dark. It yeah, feels like I weird, but but, not uh, but, dark. So, but,
0: but uh, to the point it's like, I think to some people it'd be like, don't spend your time watching that. You know, like, we don't need to be curious about that. Let's be, let's be rooted in our faith, and let's be rooted in, let's just think about nice, positive things. Let's focus on Jesus. And those are great things. I'm just saying, do both, I think. Yeah. Focus on Jesus. Focus on your faith. Focus on the positive, and also be curious. Wonder about dark things, because they're literally out there. I'm not, I'm not trying to say, like, create them where they're not. It, the world is a freaking dark place.
1: <laughs> dark, unjust.
0: Yeah. And, wild and system. Doubt exists.
1: We're out here.
0: Yeah, we are out and here. We're
1: out here trying.
0: Okay. That's stigma and taboo. Next, we're going to we're we're going to ask the question. Will will curiosity save the world? Will it us? <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> Everybody, will curiosity save the world? I think the answer is yes. It's necessary. It's needed. Innovation. I don't climate change. <laughs> Science. <laughs> we need some curiosity about how to solve climate change. So I've already answered the question for you. Macy's trying to interject a I idea, but
1: don't think it's necessarily the one thing that will save the world. It it's is. a myriad Beauty of things. Beauty will not...
2: <laughs> curiosity
1: will. <laughs> Get out of here. I do think curiosity <laughs> is an essential... I mean, curiosity and creativity are like two sides of the same coin, I Innovation. feel like. Innovation. So I do see curiosity as being an essential element to a thriving world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if, I do, do we want a
0: thriving world? Yes. Maybe not.
1: I, I do think, especially yeah, in terms of science and taking care of this earth curiosity is going to be our saving grace in terms of being curious about this freaking earth we're on and taking care of it Ooh, but it's I mean it can't it hurts, end with just curiosity hurts. thinking about
0: glaciers melting and waters rising and thinking about asteroids I don't want to <laughs> think about that I don't want to think about that I don't want to think about an asteroid
1: but you should be curious about it because <laughs> it's real
0: uh, I, yeah that's where we reach our limits though right like I think I think climate change represents this. Massive existential fear, like it represents death. It's like the White Walkers. Well, it's it's Thrones. like
1: the one thing we probably all should be putting at the front of mm-hmm. all of our lives is thinking about this.
0: But we're way more interested in other things. We're then.
1: so wrapped up in other things. I mean, this is funny. We're yeah. not talking about curiosity yeah. as much, <laughs> but it does raise oh, the the like question of curiosity is beautiful and wonderful, and curiosity lends to so much learning and so much growth, but there is a responsibility with the curiosity. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. with with curiosity, you're learning and exploring, and we then create systems and structures around that, and we respond to it. So how we respond is also an mm-hmm. essential part of it. Yes. It's not just being curious. Curious is huge, but it's so much more than that.
0: Yes. I get confused. I guess this goes a little bit back, back to taboo. Of uh, I'm always so curious about enjoying the things that we enjoy, like a microphone or a computer or a smartphone. And I want to look at people who are sort of stigmatizing curiosity. I'm like, look at all these things that we're enjoying. Where do you think yeah. this came from? Where do you think it came from? Somebody wanted to do this and they were told no, and then they did it. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and we have a shorthand to a certain extent that's kind of playful about calling people haters. <laughs> like. Hating on a new idea, or I don't know why people would do that, or or expression or innovation or or newness. Mm-hmm. We're like, that's stupid. Like to say, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have something where there's gonna be a touch screen. Oh, that's what can you believe a Touch screen. It's like and then and then it happens and then we have it and we're so grateful. Yeah. But there was some hate going on in the early days, probably I've imagined for somebody like Steve Jobs or others. I d I don't know who invented the touch screen, but
1: Yeah, I do think that Curiosity, I mean, it leads to so much innovation, technology, things we experience Mm -hmm. today. It was curious minds, people who had cultivated their curiosity that allows them to enter ground in spaces where things haven't gone before. Yeah. So it leads to new, fresh things.
0: I imagine, back to strength finders, I imagine somebody that has, like, I have to think somebody like Steve Jobs or Walt Disney or something, had, like, ideation matched with like Achiever.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And
0: that's something I don't have. I don't have anything that really adds some fuel. The
1: motivation, to yeah, the my, energy for it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm just, I just True. like sit and ponder and think and wonder. And I don't really do much with it. But the podcast is something. I want to give myself a little credit, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, Steve Jobs, those people seem to have this like rocket fuel of energy. Yeah, Or Elon Musk, for that matter. Like people that do these things.
1: Yeah, I do think... Curiosity. Getting back to the curiosity will save the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Will it?
1: I I really would say no.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm starting to think curiosity. I I just I have so much trouble saying this. We're one taking thing will this. Save the world. <laughs> I, I mean, we're not so saying seriously. will
0: curiosity exclusively save the world. Yeah. Okay. Is it an important element?
1: It is an important element. Yeah. It is an important element. It's,
0: it's not a serious question. I don't think. No, I take it section. so
1: seriously though. <laughs> <laughs> if we had to pick one thing.
0: Oh, what would it, beauty what would it be? Beauty or curiosity.
1: Well, I mean, it could be something Innovation, beyond those things. Love? Love. That's fascinating. Lo-
0: love in the sense of like not just like sappiness, but like there is a Care there there is a quote for. that our friend Reuven put on a playlist for me where Maria Callas, the great opera singer, is asked what fuels her work ethic. Because she she's obviously showing that. She doesn't just sing these songs. She she memorizes them. She learns them technically and adds this element of human expression into it. And it just seems like the way she talks about it, um, like a lot of intentional work and effort and attention. And the interviewer says, That seems like a lot of work. And she's like, It's love.
1: Yeah.
2: It's love. That's love, the fuel. love does
0: it. That's the fuel. So not necessarily love will save the world in the sense of like hugs and kisses and hearts and emojis. It's like care and
1: passion. Passion,
0: yeah. yeah. That probably maybe is even more important than curiosity. But let me read this little section from the book. Let me. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh this is what this is this is what we're thinking about like kind of moving forward. The truly curious will be increasingly in demand. Employers are looking for people who can do more than follow procedures competently or respond to requests, who have a strong intrinsic desire to learn, solve problems, and ask penetrating questions. They may be difficult to manage at times, these individuals, for their interests and enthusiasms can take them along unpredictable paths, and they don't respond well to being told what to think. But for the most part, they'll be worth the difficulty. Curious learners go go deep, and they go wide. They are the people best equipped for the kind of knowledge-rich, cognitively challenging work required in industries such as finance or software engineering. Never going to do that, (laughs) but maybe some other people will. They're also the ones who most likely they're okay they are also the ones most likely to make creative connections between different fields yes, of the kind yes. that lead to new ideas and the ones best suited to work in multidisciplinary teams mm-hmm. consequently they are the ones whose jobs are least likely to be taken by intelligent machines in a world Ooh. where technology is rapidly replacing humans even in white collar jobs it's no longer enough to be merely smart computers are smart but no computer however sophisticated can be said to be curious Mm. Uh, Last thing. Another way of putting this is that there is a rising premium on people with high need for cognition, and they call this NFC. So Mm. I'm introducing a, a phrase they use throughout the book now. Need for cognition, or NFC, is a scientific measure of intellectual curiosity. The drive to make sense of the world is a universal characteristic of human beings, but the world is divided into those who always seek out shortcuts and those who prefer to take the scenic route. Uh oh, that's no small thing, I think. Enduring conversation. Room. <laughs> yeah. Psychologists use a scale of NFC, uh, need for cognition, to distinguish between individuals who like their mental life to be as straightforward as possible and those who derive satisfaction and pleasure from intellectual challenges. <laughs> and then there's actually a literal test here. I won't go through it, but.
1: I do think that's interesting thinking about because we talk about personality and temperament and mm-hmm. things like that a lot here it is fascinating for me to think about people who don't like to think about things that are complex because I'm so fascinated and it's so fun for me.
0: Yeah. Fun. <laughs> yeah. I think when people project or superimpose their own personalities on us, like I just use the example of golf because I did in my early days as a young married man living in the world,
2: trying to, put tried to golf. Society.
0: Yeah tuck in my polo shirt and wear some khakis and go golfing and uh, it took me like 10 attempts to be like, this really isn't fun. People told me this would be fun. And there'd be times where I'm like, I think I might be having some fun here. You know, and I'm like, nah, I'm really not having fun. But um I think it uh, uh, and this is the I thing would have fun everything's golfing. valid. Everything's valid. It's just not for me. So it's and it's not like I can't enjoy golfing. It's just not my main cup of tea. Yeah. Um
1: I would probably get out there and have be mad, but be having a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: you are more competitive, <laughs> but yeah. So, so I think somebody would think, oh, why is he reading that depressing, dark book, or listening to that depressing, dark song, or reading that big, heavy book? It's like, I'm not, I'm not like I, this isn't like self, you know, this isn't like torture. I'm not like, I'm not like putting myself through, through some grueling, boring, hard task. This is fun. Yeah. Whatever you're doing out there, having fun, what you're doing. Person who imaginary person <laughs> golfing or whatever it is you do, I'm having fun reading. And it's also not to say, okay, please, everybody, a person can also be a golfer and a reader. I'm not saying there's the world is divided into golfers and readers. This is my experience. I just I think <laughs> I think people are confused that my idea of fun is like reading a weird book. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I also hope I don't say... Be
1: curious about other people and their lives.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, it, it seems that what they're trying to imply here is that in terms of industry, in terms of like jobs that are going to be... Employers that are going to be hiring for a sense of natural curiosity. Yeah. And I do think it's something we can cultivate.
1: I Oh, 100% yeah. that we can cultivate. And we yeah. should... We can be actively trying to do it. I... I'm just here to testify to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel lucky that I grew up in, I think, a relatively curious education system. Like, my it, elementary Your parents school, also seem to give
0: you a lot of freedom.
1: Yeah. I think I had a lot of space to explore and be curious, and that was good for me. And college only helped. I found a lot of really curious professors, and that was cultivated. So I've, I've seen the benefits of it. I, I, get, I think it's something that's joy-filling, it's, it's something that is beneficial to your well-being. Yes. It's not just this will save the world in the sense that it will lead to innovation and ideas and things that are practical for society, but I also think it has like a saving power in who you are and how you exist and your perspectives, and it allows you to have freedom to exist in the world yes. when, you're, when you're more open-handed and more curious. It gives you freedom to explore yourself being curious with yourself and your actions, that in, that in itself is has some saving powers. Ooh. Not yes. being ashamed and not not like shutting down thoughts that you're having, but curiously wandering down the path and giving your brain space to think about Preacher
0: it. Macy, juicy, Preacher Macy. Juicy, juicy things. <laughs> Here's another thing that came up for me when you were talking. And this is from the book again this week, and we we're, weren't going to do this, so I'm just going to say it free form, <laughs> is they were saying... Um, the safety of your home life growing up so if you have a natural affinity for home and home was a safe place yeah. the more safe your home was the more you feel confident to go out and explore
1: yeah and that so makes sense a safe
0: home life s- seems to be something that is, is what sparks curiosity
1: i can see that and yeah and they
0: literally said a sentence somewhere along the lines of love is the root of curiosity
1: like Ooh. Love and
0: nurturing. Ooh. You know. So
1: maybe curiosity will save the world because curiosity is actually just love but yeah. masked.
0: Maybe, maybe oh. masked love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, so anything will save the world is a crazy thing to say. <laughs> I mean, we're just saying it for fun. You know, <laughs> and I
1: always take it literally
0: so saying <laughs> like, <laughs> curiosity will save the world.
1: Okay. You but guys. It, it,
0: it does seem. Curiosity does seem to be a very important thing. It's not. It's not. It's not it's a small no thing. It's
1: no small thing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so you guys, that. we're
1: gonna close this segment. Reuben's gonna come back.
0: Yep, and then and then, and then if, if anybody's here, like, is there is if there if there's an enneagram six, listen to this episode or a one, being like, stop it with the chatter. Give me the the tools. Give me the practical advice. It's coming. coming up, I think there's going to be a little practical advice after the brief ruminate, rumination. Rumination. Wonderful. And then we're ending with some practical advice based on this book. So coming up...
1: Here for a rejuvenation, y'all. This is gonna be one of our. Uh, I don't know. Should I introduce it as a different kind of rejuvenation?
3: No, 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 no. It's <laughs> here.
1: He is. Here,
3: he is. here I am. <laughs> I'm wrapped in a blanket. It's a. <laughs> it's a nice feeling, and this is a beautiful patio. Um, I think it's interesting to think of curiosity as so, uh, one of you brought up innocence and I was kind of like a, a little like tipped off by that word just because uh, part of my uh, research is on, on kind of it's both children and kind of like how children figure into like a bigger um Process of meaning making. Uh, so, for example, like um, I read this book that came out, I think three years ago. Uh, it's called uh, "For the Children?" question mark uh, called uh, The subtitle is "Protecting Innocence in a Carceral State," and it's by Erica Miners, who's a uh, a friend of one of uh, one of my pr- one of professors at UW and it's it really tries to kind of and it's not the first work to do this, to kind of look at how innocence is unequal, unequally distributed. Usually, uh, according to kind of like race and gender, right? You've you've seen reports of like how, um, you know, uh, uh, black girls are seen as kind of like, like prematurely mature, right? Which uh, I don't know, which means that they become seen as kind of like... They're, it's easier to see them as not innocent, right? So I think there is something to be said that... Uh, I'm trying to push against kind of like curiosity as a sense of like... As, as an epistemological standpoint of innocence because I, I don't think... I don't think it's it's bad. I don't think that just because something is not innocent... It's bad. We should be critical about what kind of fictions of innocence have been given to us. Um, but that there is something about, like, you know, you, you're not just, oh, I'm he- I'm here, I just want to know something, right? It's, it's, I don't know, I don't think there is, I don't want to say innocence doesn't exist because I think that statement is too, like, ontol- ontological. But I, I'm going to say that, not everyone has access to innocence and insofar as curiosity gets represented as this um kind of like epistemological innocence, right? Uh that there's something worth uh thinking about, right? Uh and it's funny because uh I think I said something a few days ago that really caught Scott's attention. <laughs> Uh, I told him that, you know, like, I'm just a... What did I say? I'm just a series? Assemblage of, parts. assemblage of parts. I think I've said this before. And I also said that, you know, I'm a series of performances. Like, I can... <laughs> I'm a series of performances. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I've i been really leaning into this um, idea of... How do you look at... Narrate yourself not as kind of this is like a vi- you know like not as a blank slate that gets written on day to day but how d- how do you kind of like see yourself as kind of more a discontinuous mo- mo- more disjunctive right so that there's no like there's no center around which you kind of like gravitate uh that's why I said I'm a series of, I, you know, I'm a serious of performances. I probably said that kind of like, you know, tongue-in-cheek way. Uh, but to think of, t- to not presume some kind of coherence of yourself, I think allows you to be curious about yourself, which I think is a good antidote to, to curiosity as innocence, which sometimes can kind of, which I think overlooks the most important object to be curious about which is yourself uh, <laughs> and uh, like Macy said I don't have a poem but I would like to evoke a poet <laughs> just because I've been uh, I've been working on her with another uh, friend uh, for school her name is Renee Gladman and she she writes this really kind of like a really experimental prose poetry but the book that i'm working on uh right now is called the activist uh where the stories about a group of activists who has been charged by kind of like the the state the government of like bombing a bridge but so that's that's what the government is accusing them of but there are also these groups of uh there are there are also these commuters who say that, "What are you talking about? The bridge is obviously still there." And they all then the government hire a team of scientists who kind of study the bridge and discover that there has never been a bridge in the first place. <laughs> it's a very weird thing, but I think, but and it and it has this. Um, uh it has this kind of like meta moment where kind of like the author seems to step in and she says that the project that I'm trying to do is, tr- so I'm trying to describe the inner life of a line. And I, I'd like to think of just because we are in a different place right now, you know, we're not recording in our usual space. It's, it's, it would be kind of, Good thing to think about. Uh, how do you how do you think along alongside your environment, alongside architecture, um, and what does it mean to? I don't know if this has anything to do with like the first thing <laughs> that I brought up, but what does it mean to see yourself as? Well, maybe this is okay. This is maybe the convergence uh, is. What if instead of seeing the the sh- the hole in your head? Brain as just kind of like this hole that needs to be to be filled. What if your brain is shaped like this house, <laughs> right? Like, like your brain looks out over the Puget Sound, and it, you know, a, an airplane uh, buzzes overhead. That's I think what happens in these characters in Renee Gladman's the activist is they keep getting invaded mm-hmm. they and it's 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 not funny it's a, it's a, I mean it's both funny but also like there's a lot of violence in there but I think it 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 tries to uh she said it in an interview once where she's she's not trying to write about the city she's trying to uh ha- she she's not trying to write about the city because she realizes that the city has been writing through her <laughs> so it's I don't know, like, have a... Let's let's go with a different metaphor, right? It's because curiosity, I think sometimes... I don't know, like, it's a vacuum cleaner, like... You know, you're, like... <laughs> vacuum cleaner, you're, like, uh, sucking at, like, little bits and, like... But, I don't know, think of your head as a house. As a house, and who's in it? Who sits at the dinner table? Um... What does it smell like at 5 p.m. in the afternoon? Uh, What kind of uninvited guests try to get into your... And what are the lines? What's the geometry of your house? And who keeps trying to invade your lines? Who's trying to keep, I don't know, banging through your door? (laughs) So good. Everything I ever wanted. Okay. (laughs) I think I gave Scott what I wanted, which means he'll finally let me leave his house. <laughs> I here. This is a cry for help.
0: <laughs> okay, everybody, that was our Reuvenation. I hope you liked that. In my mind, it was a A+. <laughs> not that Reuven is trying to... He is a series of performances, but this is a performance for you, not for us. But he's out here wrapped in a blanket. A sweet... Yeah, you can you can leave now. He, can, he can he's just asked permission to leave. I think he's not going to leave the house. He's going to go back inside and read. We're out on a dark uh right. cold porch. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's trying to escape.
0: Thank you to Ruben. Everybody there's um applause happening. There's cheers, there's snaps. There's snaps. Yeah. <laughs> he's wrapped in a, a, a like Be a sheet curious blanket. curious
1: about what Reuven yeah. just And he's kind of what is he
0: doing? Peering over <laughs> the What? <laughs> Oh, it's a wine story. Yeah. All right, total so wine. When
1: we come back, everybody, yeah. we're gonna have some <laughs> concluding thoughts that are practical takeaways, maybe?
0: Not necessarily takeaways. There's gonna nope. be there will be some takeaways, but we're gonna give you a few little practical thoughts about curiosity that can help launch you into being a little bit more curious, hopefully. And Wonderful. then some takeaways.
1: I'm really curious.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so here's what I want to present from the book, Curious by Ian Leslie. Uh, two, different, two different types of curiosity. One is uh, diversive curiosity. Okay. So, this is, this is the practical stuff. And it's just, I think it's helpful to sort of give a little bit of a frame to what we've been talking Some about.
1: Language. Yeah.
0: Diversive curiosity, as they say in this book, follows no particular process or method, but slides from one novel object of attention to the next. Boredom is furiously averted or deferred. New information and sensations are constantly sought. It is impulsive and irresistible. It seizes us. In a variation on the famous marshmallow test in which a child is presented with a treat and asked if it can resist eating it for five minutes, experimenters ask children not to turn around to look at an attractive toy behind them and observe whether they can resist the temptation. Few can. Oh, yeah. So (coughs) even with Macy, me, and our self-proclaimed curiosity... I think at times it can be diverse of curiosity. It's just furious, like unrestrained curiosity. It's scrolling through Instagram. It's for me personally, this is just a I think I think uh, this happened with sort of the potential election of Donald Trump. I got very more anxious than usual about checking headlines. Mm. and now every day, uh, this is what I do every day. It's pretty manic. And so you could call this diversive curiosity. It started. It's a habit. It's it started about two years ago. I go. I wake up in the morning. I go cnn.com, msnbc.com, foxnews.com, bbc.com, slate.com, salon.com, dailybeast.com, and huffingtonpost.com. I check them all.
1: Wow. And do First you read thing. anything or just the headlines? I check all the
0: headlines. Headlines, headlines, headlines. Next. Headlines, headlines, headlines. Next. And I'm as I'm doing it, I know I'm being manic. I know there's not really any fruit that's going to come from this. And I know what I'm searching for is not going to be found. I don't even know what I'm searching for. That
1: is fascinating. But
0: that's bad curiosity. And, yeah. and, and I don't even know if what they're saying here is that diversive curiosity is bad. But um, I do know that has some bad elements. And it and so it says, Diversive curiosity follows no particular process or method but slides from one novel object of attention to the next. So I know that they're saying that there is a joy to that. There is sort of like, I'm, I don't have a purpose. I'm just being curious. But it can, Diversive curiosity can be sort of um, problematic at times, it seems like.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I think about this week, I've been trying to practice curiosity. And I think a lot of times it's been Diversive curiosity and that I've been like, just exploring all these random things and giving myself time to do that but then you it also can be out of hand and i'm like how did i get here i'm mm-hmm. watching a youtube video on a cult like <laughs> 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 where where is the trail but yeah that feels i don't know i think i think a lot of us are i don't know guilty i don't, I don't think that's the right word yeah. for it but a lot of us do that i mean it prone. makes we're prone to doing that the social medias we use are, are tapping into that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're using our natural wanting for a little different tidbits of information. They're using that. To
0: our yeah. There is something about getting on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter of like my, my, my monkey brain telling me so, mm-hmm. There's something out there to find. Yeah. And there, yeah, and there, there is, is a it. little bit, but really ultimately not. Yeah. I'm fine. I, I can sit my house and be fine. I don't need to be scrolling through Twitter. Um. So, you have div- diversive curiosity, and then you have something called epistemic curiosity.
1: Okay, let's get epistemic to
0: curios- it. Epistemic curiosity represents the deepening of a simple seeking of newness into a directed attempt to build understanding.
1: Ooh,
2: it's ooh. what
0: happens when diversive curiosity grows up.
1: Hmm.
0: So, it's like uh, being
1: committed to what you're curious about in a yeah. way. Yeah. And I
0: think that's a little bit of what we're trying to do on the podcast. I think so, too. Like, it's like saying, we're picking this topic, and we're going to try to go deep. But it's not just like, this, 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 random, bop, 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 random. It's it's like, we're going to, I mean, I've said this before, but I try to pick an author a read, uh, an author a year to read. And that's been somewhat, and again, I hope that doesn't sound pretentious. is what I do. Everybody does something in the world. That's what I do. <laughs> but it is trying to be slightly disciplined,
1: Um, I think that is a practice in this kind of curiosity of mm -hmm. leaning into the the deep dive. I think maybe that is the difference. It is truly a deep dive Mm -hmm. as opposed to a shallow dip in this little thing. Yeah, this, this,
0: this, this.
1: I mean, us doing it once a week is is kind of in between because it's not Mm -hmm. a long period of time. That's why it is fun for us to go back and do ones and twos and threes and fours of episodes. Yeah. Because it, it exposes that... When we dip into something, like, for example, defense mechanisms, we learn so much. We learn a lot of things. And then when we dip back in, we get even deeper. And it only, the more curious we go and in these, like, same pathways, the more you realize that there is so much more to be explored.
2: Mm.
0: I think
1: that is one.
0: Ooh, you're hitting on something I'm going to say in a second.
1: That thing, that curiosity, when we're following that you you start to realize that the thing you were curious about you were looking for maybe an answer and i think i typically find that there is never really an answer what you find the more curious you are is that there's just more to be curious about yes. there's more ways to explore this and there's it it's infinite it seems infinite
0: preacher macy <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh so so you have so you have div- diverse curiosity and epistemic curiosity be the reason i'm saying that is now you have sort of that lens of what you're doing are you yeah. are you i think diversive curiosity is really great in terms of maybe sometimes curiosity doesn't need to be focused it can just be like sweet innocent wholesome curiosity but sometimes it can be a little bit more thought through and a little bit more intentional so yeah. here's the last thing i'm going to share from this book and it's these um sort of you diagrams of like how the flow of curiosity works um, there's three of them so if you picture the, uh, like a chart where there's on the left there's curiosity curiosity will always be on the left in these charts and on the bottom there's a different factor so three different factors working with curiosity
2: okay and
0: how it, and how curiosity works in the brain this is like neuroscience you know. So we have curiosity on the left, and on the bottom we have, in this case, surprise. Ooh! So if you can picture a U shape over the surprise, on on the one hand you have low surprise. Upside down you. Yeah. yeah, upside down U. Actually, it's like a mountain. <laughs> you know, um, so on the on the on the left you have low surprise, and on the right you have high surprise. So when it comes to curiosity, um, high surprise will spook you or freak you out and you won't be curious. Hmm. Low surprise is like I'm not interested. I'm not going to keep pursuing this. Yeah. But a, a nice solid medium surprise
1: leads to lots of curiosity. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Combined with some curiosity will lead to further exploration. So that's that's how curiosity and surprise mix. And I, I mean there's this goes really deep into this, but I'm just giving you this is like some for for the sake of the podcast, give you some practical handles at the end of this episode. Um, the other one was curiosity and knowledge. Hmm. So you have curiosity on the left, knowledge on the bottom, and then a upside down you over the knowledge. So this is that sense of when you learn something, you realize um, you become more aware of what you don't know. Yeah. So what I say when I went to like seminary, it's like, it's not like I learned the Bible. I essentially learned how much I don't know about the Bible. Yeah,
2: no, honestly. <laughs>
0: yeah, so if it's the same thing. On the on the, on the the high side, you learn this topic is so vast, I'll never know, and I'm overwhelmed, so I won't keep learning. Mm-hmm. On the low end, you think, oh, I know everything. Yeah. This topic mm-hmm. is simple, and, and people do that with the Bible in particular. I mean, that's my field, so to speak. So I'm like, so many people think the Bible's simple, the Bible says it, I believe it, <laughs> and it's like they don't go further. But what you want is like a nice medium curiosity, like, Wow, maybe the Bible's deeper than I thought. Mm-hmm. But if you think the Bible's too, too I'll never get there. Like too much. Oh, you know, this yeah. makes
1: me think about this. This the concept of something being both like totally unknowable and at the same time knowable. Like mm. it's that fine line of mm. realizing that something there's so much there is a vast unattainable about amount of knowledge for something, and yet I also have full access to a lot of knowledge. Yeah. So that yeah. allows you to feel curious because there is still elements of something that can be known.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think to a certain extent you can think of this as a teacher or a parent and think we want to try to play with these levels,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but you can also sort of hack yourself. In ter- and, and play with your own levels in terms of y- you you do know that there are things to find out out there. You do know that knowledge isn't overwhelmingly unattainable. Yeah. So try to, try to keep that balance mm-hmm. of medium. And,
1: and maybe be challenged to think if you do think you know something and you really know it, then maybe be challenged to be curious about what you don't know about something yeah. you maybe think you know a lot about.
0: Listen to yourself talking at parties and conversations. Are you spouting off like you know? (laughs) Maybe like we're doing on this podcast. Depending
1: on my mood, I probably can't be. And then I go back and I'm like, oh no, I've already changed my mind about what I said.
0: (laughs) That happens when we listen back to the podcast. I'm like, oh, wait, what? I don't mean that. So we have curiosity combined with surprise, curiosity combined with knowledge. And this last one is curiosity combined with confidence. Ooh. So again, picture confidence on the bottom, too much confidence.
1: Same, same upside down yeah. you, everybody.
0: And, and, and then too little confidence. You know, you're not going to keep exploring. But I do like this in terms of our podcast. And Macy, I highlighted this in pink in my iBooks. <laughs> but listen to this. I don't want to get Macy's reaction. Um, <laughs> uh, curiosity has been called the knowledge emotion.
1: The knowledge emotion. The knowledge
0: emotion. I mean, I have been
1: talking about how it gives you warm <laughs> feelings. Is it's it a that, feeling.
0: Isn't that a four-wing five <laughs> way of talking about the knowledge emotion? The
1: knowledge
0: emotion. <laughs> uh, so let's all just read this little this little thing. Curiosity has been called the knowledge emotion. An information gap isn't simply recognized rationally. Its onset is like an itch that we have to scratch. Information gaps cause us pain, but it's a pain we invite in. Oh,
2: yes. In this <laughs> sense,
0: curiosity is fundamentally masochistic. In evolutionary terms, the primary role of emotions is motivational. Anger makes, a, makes us act to change a bad situation or right a wrong. Love binds us to someone even when they disappoint us. The emotional force of curiosity is what impels us forward on our intellectual explorations even when there is no pressing need to do so and keeps us inquiring even when we're weary or confused. A curious person knows that she won't feel emotionally fulfilled until she finds the information or the understanding she seeks, so she keeps reading or questioning until that gap is closed.
1: Ooh, ooh! <laughs> the that knowledge, it, emotion, the knowledge, emotion. <laughs> it does feel that way. It's hard to describe curiosity because it's not just like learning. Mm-hmm. It's of course related, but curiosity does feel more attached to a sense, a mm-hmm. feeling, a yeah. place that you exist. Yeah, that is something that's out there, like a realm.
0: Yes, ah. you're saying it. Yeah, and I and I didn't get into this, but they really go into in terms of education this. This um, concept of uh, the idea of thinking of, of knowledge as either a puzzle to be solved or a mystery to be experienced. Ooh, and mystery. so they're, they're encouraging us in terms of cultivating curiosity to think of things as mystery. Yeah, not to be experienced as yeah.
1: opposed to solving something. And that's oh, what they that's think so edu- beautiful. The
0: education system goes wrong, like implying, like we have the answers, we're going to give it to you, you need to learn, you take the test, you, you learned it, you're done. And it's like, no, man, this is a vast math. Mm-hmm. Science, history, it's never ending. History, history is never ending. You, you, you'll never understand any history of any situation. You could take the history of our day to just our life, my life today and the history and the way I experienced it and the way it was really, truly lived out is That's true. unfathomably mysterious, let alone the history of a society or of a planet or a country. Yeesh. Never. Get people <laughs> pumped about knowing that.
1: <laughs> it's true. I do think uh, that the role of an educator is to be curious. Yeah. I think an educator's job is to model curiosity. And spark and it. And support it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Do, you have, do you have any concluding clu- thoughts?
1: Um, concluding thoughts? Wrap no, it up for no, us. No, I just think this amazing. has been fun being curious. Uh, I hope that this, it sparks some curiosity in you and gives you some space to be curious. I think... For me, allowing myself the liberation to be curious about things and allowing them to be weird and whatever my interests are has been very helpful in developing a better sense of self for me. I would say Mm. that
0: that's big, yeah. Allowing,
1: allowing like freedom for curiosity can be very liberating for you. I would say, Mm. um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I would
0: say kind of going full circle is if you've been a person in your life and maybe this is what this podcast is for, who has felt weird or strange or outcast because of your curiosity, it's it's a great quality. like lean into it, you're you're amazing and awesome, and we need your curiosity, you know, and your curiosity is going to uh, teach us things and help us discover new things and this is. <laughs> whatever this means, this podcast hopefully is a safe place for curious people. You know, you can feel less weird here. Hopefully, you know. Um, we're weird. May, yeah. Yeah. We're <laughs> we're weird in our own way. Um, so I think next week might be defense mechanisms, <sighs> which is good because we've been posting a lot about it. And
1: I may talk about interjection.
0: <laughs> yeah. The one we've been waiting for because that's the four Enneagram Defense mechanism. weird,
1: everybody. So
0: everybody, we hope we know whoever is listening. We do hope as we continue to do this podcast, because this is essentially the first episode of our new second season, season, (laughs) year, whatever we call that. We don't really do seasons, but we are here for you in whatever way that means. Um, We want to be a service. We hope this does something for you. We hope it helps you be more curious and yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening and making it to this nice end. See you next week. We got the train sounds, the plane sounds, the dog sounds. Good night, everybody. Macy has put her microphone down, just like the old days. Good night.